Thank you for joining us this week at Praise Chapel Paramount. We hope you enjoy this message from our midweek service with worship leader Omar Lopez Jr. Also, we'd love to hear what God has done in your life. To share your story, email us at info at pcparamount.org. Again, we hope you enjoy this message. Isn't God good? Isn't God good? Isn't His presence good? Just a man tonight in worship was just, just something else. I, I love those moments where we're just free. There's God just brings freedom and liberty so we could just like declare His goodness and how good He is. And man, He's awesome. Uh, I'll just get right into it. So, John 18, John 18, verse 25. It says, Meanwhile, Peter was standing still in the courtyard by the fire. And this is where uh, Jesus is going to be crucified. And one of the guards standing there said to him, Aren't you one of his disciples? I know you are. Peter swore and said, I am not his disciple, but one of the servants of the high priest, a relative to the man whose ear Peter had cut off, looked at him and said, Wait, didn't I see you out there in the garden with Jesus? Then Peter denied it the third time and said, No. And at the very same moment, a rooster crowed nearby. Let's go to Acts 2, 37. This is... is after the Holy Spirit came, um, they're all filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, and Peter just finished uh, uh, preaching the gospel. And it says, when they heard this, they were crushed and realized what they had done to Jesus. Deeply moved, they said to Peter and the other apostles, what do we need to do, brothers? Basically, what, what is it? What, how do we get saved? Peter replied, repent and turn to God, and each one of you must be baptized in the name of Jesus, the anointed one, to have your sins removed. Then you may take hold of the gift of the Holy Spirit, for God's promise of the Holy Spirit is for you and your families, for those yet to be born, and for everyone whom the Lord our God our God calls himself. Peter preached to them and warned them with these words, Be rescued from the wayward and perverse culture of this world. Those who believed that the word that day numbered 3,000. They were all baptized and added to the church. Let's pray. So, Lord, we thank you. God, again, we thank you tonight for your presence. We thank you that you're constantly speaking, constantly reaching out. God, we, we thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy that we, so, we, we don't deserve. God, we thank you. Speak to us. Speak to our hearts. Change us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I just can't get enough of worship tonight. It was, it was really good. His presence is so good. Um, tonight, I want to speak a message uh, of hope. I speak a message of encouragement. Um, there's, I guess there's some challenge in there, but... Um, I want to talk to anyone who has a dream or hope or they're holding on to. Because um, sometimes we can find ourselves in seasons where it just doesn't work out the way we thought it would. Um, I know it's cliche, but we're in a brand new year, and I just I love the idea of starting fresh. And so last year might have been something that might have been a year where you were anticipating certain things, you are expecting something, you're starting to go good, and then you had these bumps in the road, and it just... It didn't add up, and it, you, now you're at a place where you're like, wow, I thought I was going to be here, but now I'm still here, or I'm, I'm down here. And so I want to talk, or even if you, last year was such a good year, and you're in a good place, and, but, you're, but you're still saying to yourself, is this it? Is this all there is? Have I peaked? Have I plateaued? Is, God, is this all you have for me? You're like, Lord, I'm good, but is, it, is this it? My word for you tonight, I, I want to tell you this, that there is more. There is more. There is more. Lamentations 3.23. Great is his faithfulness. 
His mercies begin afresh each morning. You know, if there's anything I know about the Lord is that he's the master of redemptive stories. He's constantly turning stories from ash to diamonds, from darkness to light. He's always redeeming us. And, and even in this room, there's, there's countless stories of people who have given their lives to Jesus, and God has just done a miracle in their lives. And your stories of grace. And we just step back and just amaze at what God can do in our lives. And it's, it's just incredible. Um, and, and honestly, it really is just the grace of God. There's, there's nothing that we can do. Um, so every day that you're alive, every day is another opportunity for God to turn your story around. You know, I kept hearing the phrase, there is more, there's more. It was, there was a prophetic word I was given uh, a year ago, and the last phrase says, there is more, Omar, there is more. And, and really in the moment, I, I, I didn't know, like I, I held on to hope. I think, you know, there's this, I feel like they have this call in my life. I feel like there's, there's more than this, but I don't, I don't know. I don't see it. Is there really more? And in that moment, that sparked just an encouragement in, in my heart. Okay, all right, God, you're, you're really with me. You're really taking me on this journey. And, and I truly believe it. I'm not, I don't like hype. I, like, you know, we can, we can shout. We get excited. And, you know, in the moment, it sounds great. And, and there are moments that we need to shout. We need, we need to praise the Lord because, you know, what he's, what he's, done, what he's done in our lives. And, but I don't like the, the, the hype just for hype's sake. Um, but I truly believe what, what God has for you is great and abundant. This year, God, even right now, God has something great for you. But it takes a willing heart to have faith. You just believe. So I was thinking back. Uh, my dad was talking about me, like, you know, he's carrying me in, in the carrier and stuff. And um, So I grew up in this church, but I can think back when I was, like, nine years old, ten years old, that church was a lot different than the way we do it today. Um, just, just production quality. Just, you know, we, we, do, we, have, we now have our sermon series with graphics, you know, uh, branded. And, we have, we've, you know, we, we have these cool things. And. You know, there's, we have planning involved and stuff. But church a long time ago didn't, it wasn't like that. But I, I know, like, my dad shared stories of times that he wanted to throw in the towel. He wanted to give up. He went to his pastor. He's like, that's it. I, I can't do it. It's, it's a lot. And he, he was encouraged. And I think they had no idea what today would look like. 20, 30 years later, he had no idea. And what, what we have today is, like, we have a man. We have such a great church. <laughs> like we, this is family. But it, this this movement, this church actually goes beyond these walls. We have what like thirty churches out outside of that we've planted from here. Who have churches? Who have church families in other cities, in other nations that came from this? And and I'm just thinking like, if he had given up, if he had said, you know what, that's it. You wouldn't be sitting in the seat you're in. Or there's another time we, he nicknamed the, the heartache of 98. <laughs> uh, there's, I mean, it was a time where God was doing something. We were having revival. God was moving. But leaders left the church. Shortly after that, the, the, the church we were subleasing from said, we're going to another building, but you're not coming with us. And so they gave us 30 days. And we had a church, and we have no building. Where do we go? And so we... He said, let's, let's have a fast. Let's 30 days. Everyone, someone's going to pick a day, and we're going to fast. And we're just going to believe God. We're going to believe God for a miracle. We, we're just going to have faith and believe. 
and then we had a connection, and God made a God made a way. And we we had the building down the street. There's and, and there's countless stories within within our church story that God just intervened. God out of His way. It's because but because we believed, we said no, that's not it. There there is more. There's more to this. Um, and I and I believe like there are times like that where it just takes us to release the control and to have faith in the Lord to come through. But but what stops you from going forward? You know, one of the things I've learned in the, in the past couple of years regarding the call of God is it has to be pursued. You don't just accidentally fumble into it and like, oh, look, I'm, I'm on stage, I'm preaching, or uh, I'm praying with my friend. Like, you don't just like accidentally do that. It takes a pursuit of God. Paul, you're going forward. Paul says in Philippians 3, 12 through 14, it says, Not that I've already obtained this or am already perfect. And this is Paul. This is Paul the Apostle, the, one of the greatest disciples. He said, I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Amen. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it, on, made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind me and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. It's this heavenly pursuit of the will of God in our lives. If we go down to verse 17, it says, Brothers, join, me in, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I've often told you and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross. Their end is, the, their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and their glory is their shame. With mindset on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven from who we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, like, I'm, I'm so thankful that we live in, in America. We have, there's so much opportunity, and I think we need to take advantage of, of these opportunities. There's, um, man, just out of, out of the entire world, like, there's almost 8 billion of us and 300 million plus live in, in what is one of the greatest opportunities, one of the greatest countries in the world. And so, yeah, we should take advantage of that, but I think there's so much distraction. Because there's so much possession, there's so much wealth, there's so much um, fun, and we, we get distracted with those things. And, and I think that he, those were the kind of people he's talking about. Their God is their belly. We like to eat, but that's our focus. <laughs> um, we don't find success in wealth. We don't find success in possessions or position. Fulfillment in life is to love God and people. Love God and people. It's that, it's that simple. Uh, I'm sure we've all heard the the illustration of people on their deathbed and, you know, think, what, what's most important to you? What's most important to them? It's not the successes, not the wealth. It's not um, what they've done. It's actually the life they lived and the people they've touched and their families. That's actually legacy. That's, that's what lasts. That's what matters. And so as we begin this, to take a new year, take inventory. Take notice in the direction of your life. Are you allowing life to happen to you, or are you in the driver's seat? What are you doing? Take inventory. Ask God. Say, Lord, what, okay, what is it that you want me to do? What is it that you have for me? Um, some of you may know I'm a big Dave Ramsey fan. Um, Dave Ramsey, if you don't know, he, he's a, one of the largest radio shows in America, the top five podcasts, and he, he's, he has a, a financial plan, plan called The Baby Steps. His famous line is, uh, debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW 
as a status symbol of choice. So I listen to him a lot. I know uh, Pastor Isaac, uh, my brother Isaiah, we, we listen to a lot. And he, he talks about um, financial planning, no debt. I recommend it. But anyway, he has, his team has recently done um, two years' worth of research. And what they did was they talked to 10,000 millionaires. Um, it's the largest study ever done conducted on millionaires. And they, they you know, questionnaire, they interviewed them. And they wanted to know what are some th- key things they did that helped them with their success. And what they learned was that most of them did not inherit the money. 87% of them didn't inherit it. They didn't come from the lottery. And actually, most of them came from middle class to lower middle class uh, income families. So they asked them this question. Do you believe that you are in control of your own destiny? And 97%, basically every single one of them, said yes. The things they planned and did was directly responsible for their financial success and their financial blessing. Within a monthly budget, planning, goals, and always, I mean, sometimes people just, I don't know where my money went this month. Where did my money go? Well, you have to have a a budget. And and I love to talk about budgets, and that's not what I'm here for. Um, But if you need me, I'm here. Um, But I want to correlate that with the will of God. See, where's your life headed? What's, What's the direction of your life? Where is your pursuit? Are you pursuing the secret place? Are you pursuing prayer? Pursuing the word of God, just devoting yourself? Are you going before the Lord with no agenda, with no needs, no wants, and saying, okay, Lord, I'm here. My cards are laid out on the table. What, what do you want for my life? Because I know that you have the perfect will. What is it? I, I don't want to be in control because I know what that, what that looks like. But if we just seek after him, what, what is it? I'm going forward. What is it? Matthew 7 says, ask and the gift is yours. Seek, and you'll discover. Knock, and the door will be open for you. For every persistent one will get what he asks for. Every persistent seeker will discover what he longs for. And everyone who knocks persistently will one day find an open door. And I truly believe that we haven't seen anything yet. In our lives in this church, we haven't seen anything yet. And with the glory of God and what, what, with a yielded heart, what God can do. I was, uh, I was listening to... I was scrolling on Instagram and I saw this video from Bill Johnson. And he says, and he said this, and it, it struck me. And he says, if, you're, if we're honest, we'll realize that feeding the poor and doing these amazing and wonderful things can be done by people who don't know the Lord. There has to be an aspect of our service before the Lord that only he can do in and through us. It has to cross the line into the realm of impossibility. Or it has not yet, or it has not adequately given witness to the resurrection of Jesus. There is in every one of us an inbuilt appetite for the impossible that would that it would bend its knee to the name Jesus through our lips. It's vital that it's a regular part of our life. If it is not, we have to come back before the Lord and find out why. Not introspection, but to learn where do I take risk? Where do I partner? The Lord is looking for people who will come into agreement with what He has said. That just resonated with me because I, I'm like, I want to live on the edge of impossibility. I want to live on, on that side of miracles where things happen because of my yieldedness to the Lord. Because God is wanting to do something. God's, God's, God's like waiting. He's like, what? I, want, I want to move. I want to move. But there's a people that needs to be yielded to him, surrendered. And it only happens when faith is at, was at, uh, sorry, 
when the faith is activated. So there's a, there's a few things uh, I think that we can see more of, and I'm going to focus on one, but um, I'll mention the others. But I think number one is, 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 is in worship. Um, I think tonight was a great example of what happens in worship, that the, the Lord comes and meets us. You know, sometimes we can just come into a time like worship just like we do every, every service, and, you know, we just, we just come. We want to be moved. God, move me. Like, I just I want to be moved. And you just come. But the fact is that you have to move. And I'm not saying physically that you have to jump around and swing your arms and, like, like you have flags. And, like, we, we don't need any of that. Like, those are great things. They're great expressions. But, <laughs> um, but you have to move. God is always reaching out. He's ready. He wants to meet with us. Always. He just needs us to clear off all the clutter that we put before him. And Lord, okay, here's my heart. I'm opening up. And that's something we've learned in, in uh, our connect group with the young adults, me and Ruben. We lead the guys. And, man, I really love our group because we've just, we just go after God. We, we really do. We just come before him, um, worship sometimes an hour, hour and a half. And, and honestly, it's not like we're not, like, enduring it. We're, like, we want more of the Lord. We, want, we just want his presence. Sometimes we're worshiping. Sometimes we're waiting. Sometimes we're just bowed before the Lord. We're just like, Lord, come. We just want you. Because we know that when you come, when, when we sense your presence, when we sense your nearness, that you're going to change something inside of me. It's, there's no book. There's no formula to it. It's just him. We realize that he's the goal. His presence is the reward. He's the point. So tonight, like, I could, we could have just, like, worshiped, and God could have spoken to you and changed you. We don't, you don't need me to speak a message. You don't need to hear a message. You just need him. And, and really, that's, um, I think what's, we just need more of him, just more. And that's the basis for, for my message is, like, we just need more of him. But I believe there's so much more that we can encounter God in, in this house. I, my desire, and um, I've really just been going after the Lord in worship, like, most of my life. And just my desire is that we would be a house of worship, that this would be a place for his presence. It'd be heaven on earth. It'd be really like heaven on earth. Heaven come, your, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's no sickness, no disease, um, no feuds, no people mad at each other. Love, like harmony. There's, that's, that's in his presence. He changes that in, within us. And heaven is attracted to hungry hearts. So how hungry are we? A couple of years ago, I discovered that any moment can be a supernatural moment. And there's a, there's a pastor's meeting with Pastor Ron Simpkins, Denny Strong, and Mike Matsis, and, and they were there to give, just speak and give prophetic words, prophesy over some leaders. And so I got a prophetic word that was super accurate, but I was blown away by the fact that there was nobody on a guitar, no nice pad on the, the keyboard. There was no atmosphere set. And I was, it, it was... It was kind of weird. Honestly, it was weird for me because it was a, a different kind of setting, and I, was, I just wasn't used to that. But I, I realized that that day is that they actually lived from the presence. They lived from the, the place with the Lord that, that you just think of the Lord, and, and they, can, they, they lived and they dwelt from that place. Um, another thing about worship, it's warfare. When, when we worship, we have no idea the strongholds that we're breaking down that we're tearing down. We have no idea. 
And if, if there's not a people, if there's not a group of people to praise or worship, then there's no light shining in this area, and it's darkness. Um, we sing the song, this is how I fight my battles. Like, what do you think you're doing? <laughs> what do you think we're doing? We're like, what do you, this, what is this? This is worship. It's offering a sound of praise. We're, we're, <laughs> we're longing, we're desiring a move of God. And it's, God doesn't, God only moves when there's a people pulling on him. There's no revival if there's no people praying, or pursuing him. You look in the history of the world, if there's been no revival and there's been no um, people pursuing after him. And I think there's, uh, number two, I think relationships. I think we, um, I think I kind of caught on that, no, the drama thing. Um, John 13, 35, it says, For when you demonstrate the same love I have for you by loving one another, everyone will know that you're my true followers. I think there needs to be, uh, we need to pursue after healthy friendships, healthy relationships. Um, we need to listen to, to, to our leaders or listen to wisdom. Number three, in finances, we need to trust God in our giving. Be a good steward of your money, budget. Don't spend money that you don't have to buy things you don't need to impress people you don't like. It is. I love that. And I think I think we need to also be a, a, a light to unbelievers. We get mad at sinners for sinning. Like they don't know any better. They're just doing what seems normal and natural. Show grace. You want grace, right? We want, I want grace. I'm going to show grace. I'm going to love. I think we need. There there is more. There is more. Whatever God has for you, there is more. This is not the end. There's more of his presence that we can live from. There's more that we can hear from him. There's more that we can be used by God. More miracles, more healings, more healthy relationships, friendships, more finances, better at stewarding our finances. There is more. And uh, one more quote I'm going to do. I, I, I was on Instagram today and saw Jeremy Riddle post this super long caption, but it, it he's actually one of the most influential worship leaders for me. But he said something, and I feel like it just works with what I'm talking about tonight and uh, what we're discussing. He says, I'm almost amused at how many processes we go through, skill sets we develop, leadership tools we accrue, labor-intensive seasons we wade through, only to discover the key all along was yieldedness. He He made up a word, but you know what it means. Yieldedness to the Holy Spirit. I mean, does anyone else find it ironic how many years of striving it takes to learn how to finally give up, to surrender and simply yield? says, maybe it's just me. I find we want revival. We want the move of the Spirit. We want worship that's led by the Spirit to see the greater things, to see heaven invade earth. But we simultaneously fail to yield our agendas, our plans, and our productions, and so we see very little. We love to quote the verse, not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. But if we really want to see something accomplished by the Spirit, it requires us setting aside our might and our power and yielding to his. And I'll let you on a little secret. We don't like that. It makes us uncomfortable. It's unpredictable. It can make us appear foolish. It puts things out of our hands and out of our control, and we generally avoid that. Personally, I don't think the biggest obstacle to a demonstration of the spirit and of power in the church today is rooted in theological opposition, so much as fear for relinquishing control. No yielding equals no power. Spiritual maturity is someone who has simply 
learn to yield to the Holy Spirit, to wait, to listen, to hear, and to obey. But oh, the processes, the striving, the turmoil to get to that place of yielding to the Lord. Letting go, resting, trusting, yieldedness allows him to flow freely through us. Unobstructed involves choosing not to operate ahead of our strength, but instead allowing his strength to course through us. It looks like our strength, but it's not. It's his. But it can only come to the extent that we're yielded. Yieldedness is learned and grown in. Like any growth process, it involves discovery, experimentation, success, and failure. But the Holy Spirit delights to teach every set, every heart set on this pilgrimage. Pilgrimage. Ask Him. We desperately need leaders. We desperately need people who know the Holy Spirit and who live yielded to Him. So be one. What blows me away is that no matter how unfaithful we are, if we choose him again, he's all the more faithful. He doesn't leave us. And there's so much, there's so much more. There is more. Let's pursue God. Let's seek after him. And there's, there's something about the presence, something about him. When we just focus on him, we, we let go. We come before him and say, Lord, have your way. Have your way. There is more. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.